0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. How many of y'all really happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm excited. Uh, For what God is doing in this house. How many of y'all were, I mean, I was energized Sunday of what God did here. 14 baptisms. Amen. So good. Well, tonight, if you have your Bibles, open them to Luke chapter 3. Uh, This is a message that I tucked away probably six, seven months ago. The Lord really showed me this. Well, what time of the year do we read Luke, honey? Is it like in March or April, something like that? But the Lord reminded me of this, and I tucked it away for the beginning of the year message because, in fact, I almost preached this from a different style on Sunday, but I believe God's Word, um, the one on Sunday, was uh, definitely from the Lord. But um, how many of y'all have ever, Uh, let me see a show of hands, how many of y'all have ever been reading the Word, and you've received a Word in due time and due season for that particular moment that you're in? All right, like I think of Pastor Brandy being in the word, the word, what is the word that God gave you to have babies? Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope for he who promised is faithful. Amen. And we got babies because of the word. How many of y'all know, how many y'all know this is a seed? This is a seed. And so uh, uh, anyways, we received a word from God. There's been many times that's happened to me. uh, There's been times in prayer. That I've received a word from God that give me uh, direction. Uh, there's also been times that, that uh, I love the way the word works, of something that I'll be chewing on in the morning. And uh, there's this there's this place that I go and shoes named Dr. Jim Rogers, and um, <clears throat> he's done some surgeries on you, hadn't he? And he is a, I mean he's a doctor. He's smart as a whip. But there was one time I was really chewing on this word. Uh, of this scripture that I read in the morning time. And I went to his place, and he said, He calls me Preacher Man. He said, Preacher Man, I just want to share with you uh, a word that God put in my heart just a couple weeks ago, and it was the same exact scripture that I was chewing on. And so, how many of y'all know? Have y'all ever had someone confirm something through somebody else of what God's really trying to share with you? I love it when the Lord does that. Um, how many of y'all have ever been in a moment before <clears throat> where you've heard a sermon? And the light bulbs go off. You've heard a message and the light bulbs go off. I'll give you an example. I was uh, um, Years ago, Pastor Brandy and myself, we were at Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was the last speaker. And this guy gets up there. And he is totally not my style. He gets up and he has these skinny pants on. And they're rolled up about to his ankles. You could see his socks. And he had penny loafers on with pennies in the loafers. And had this, uh, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, who is this queer up here? I'm not going to listen to this guy. I don't know. Can I say that? I guess I can say that. LGBTQT, I can say whatever I want to. I got the microphone. And I'm thinking to myself, why in the world is this guy up there? But I'm telling you, he said he spoke something out of Mark chapter 16 that that was a turnaround in my life. I mean, it was just one of those words. Now, that's just one of many. But as I was thinking about this, of hearing from uh, getting a word from God, uh, in due time and due season, I remember shutting him off. I'm telling you, every time you come through the door, it may not be packaged the way that you think it is, but the Word of God is life, and and uh, uh, receive from it. I've been reading this book called Letter to the American Church, and uh, I just finished it. I'm going to read it again, but it's, um, I forget the the author's name. He's up in New York City, but he writes a church to the, the a letter to the church, and he's going off of some of the teachings of a pastor that was during the time of the Nazi regiment in Germany, and his name is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and Bonhoeffer saw something in the early years of the, the Nazi, Germanies, Nazi Germany, he saw something before even Adolf Hitler became into power, he saw some things that were being taught in the schools, he saw some things that were happening inside of the culture, and him as a pastor felt it heavy on his heart. To, to prepare the people and saying, we are going in the wrong direction. Uh, Hitler killed him because of who he was. He is a martyr. But uh, one of the teachings uh, that, he, that he preached, a sermon that, that I would have loved to hear, but in this book it has a lot of the things that he preached. But he said this, the test of the morality of a society is what it does for its children. Is that not true? I'm y'all thankful for uh, when I'm scrolling through Instagram sometimes, I see some old school preachers like uh, Billy Graham, and I had to go back and listen to one that he said, but he said this, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. Mother Teresa said this, of course, uh, you know, Billy Graham, he touched many lives, Mother Teresa, I mean, both of these, they touched millions. But listen to a message that, that she had. Uh, this is like a saying of a woman. She said, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. Isn't that good? Reinhard Bonnke. In fact, uh, I read a book last year about the life of Reinhard Bonnke. And you can't go to, in this book it says you can't go to any places in Africa and, not, and they not know who Reinhard Bonnke was. millions. Millions, probably the largest soul winner to ever be on the face of the earth, besides Jesus, right? Was, uh, uh, was this guy, Reinhard Bonnke. And listen to one of his messages. He said, the one seeking the will of God is always overrun by the one doing the will of God. Let's say that one more time. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write that down. The one seeking the will of God is always overrun by the one doing the will of God. There's people that talk about doing the will of God. In 2023 and in 2024, they talk about it again. In 2025, they talk about it again. The one who is doing the will of God. Woo, Isn't that good? John Wesley, listen to this one. Dynamic preacher. Listen to one of his messages here. He said, give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon the earth. I want to be one of them. Amen? And so, just thinking about these messages, and as I've read, reading uh, through that book, The Letter to the American Church, I would have loved to be in some of those messages, but as I was putting this message together tonight, how awesome would it have been to be at the Sermon on the Mount, listening to Jesus, the Beatitudes, and setting up the kingdom of God? That would have been something that would have been life-changing in your life, but tonight... I want to look back on a message by John the Baptist. And all the Baptists said... Aunt Vicki, I didn't hear you. All right, sounds good. Uh, This is a text that you can read in Matthew, you can read it in Luke, you can read it in John. But I want to go to Luke chapter 3 tonight. And I believe God uh, has a word through this message uh, for each and every one of us. And if you know anything about John... We know this, that his life was a miraculous birth. It's not a virgin birth, but it's just like Jesus' miraculous birth. You believe that? Because uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were old. This would be like Abraham and Sarah having Isaac. It was the same way. It was a miraculous birth for them to have this child. And we know this, that God's hand is upon him because he was prophesied in the book of Isaiah that John would be a forerunner for Jesus before, um, to, to let everybody know that this king was coming. And so the story here in Luke chapter 3 is a picture of who he was and what it is that he taught. And I believe God has something in store for us. So if you have your Bible, Luke chapter 3 and verse 1, page 1,105, if you're in my Bible. It says this, now in the 15th year, everybody say 15, That, that remember that, 15th year, Tiberius Uh, Caesar's reign when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee and his brother Philip was tetrarch of the region of Eturia and Traconius, I think, Traconius, whatever, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene. In the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. As it is written, forever remains written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of the one shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, every ravine shall be filled up, and every mountain and hill shall be leveled. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough road smooth, and all mankind shall see the salvation of God. Now, there's a reason that I wanted you to see, say 15, because there's something in the first. How many of y'all know every scripture is God-breathed? And every word that is in here, there is something that God is trying to point out to us. And what I love about the text right here is this. Because of the events of Tiberius, Caesar is in reign, and Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was Tetrarch of Galilee. And his brother Philip was Tetrarch of the region of those places. And, and Licinius was was in Abilene, Texas. All of... Just making sure you are paying attention. Okay. There's a time in history when all five of these were in reign. And what I found interesting about this is I began to look this up. There was only one time and it was in 28 or 29 AD. So this is when we know... Uh, this particular time was happening. But as I was thinking about this, God puts this stuff in here for a reason. Uh, because I believe God has perfect timing for everything that he does. How many of y'all know you're here tonight for such a time as this? How many of y'all believe that? That there was special timing for for, uh, for different things. And so as I read that, I was like, yes, Lord, that's what it is. That there is a special time for a special season for for a, a plan that you have for each and every one of us. So God has a word For that moment then, but I believe he also has a a word for us in this moment tonight through the same text. How many of y'all believe that for such a time as this? So John is in the wilderness, and I believe this is a symbolic of his sermon. Before we even get started, I see him in in, in the wilderness. And in Matthew's gospel, chapter 3 and verse 4, it says that John, it describes him a little bit different, that he was clothed in camel hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. Now, this was not just a, like a belt like you and I would wear. This would be a six inch, like, and it, and it fastened in the front. But it was a place where they'd keep weapons and different things like that. But why this is so significant, if you go to the book of Second Kings, when he's talking about Elijah... It says that Elijah, before he gave his mantle to Elisha, you know, when you see it two times in Scripture, there has to be something that God is showing us. But when you look at the life of John the Baptist and you look at Elijah, you see that there are two forerunners. He's a forerunner before Elisha, but he's also too, he's a radical. I would see this in John the Baptist. Here's this guy, John the Baptist. He's in camel's hair. He's at the Jordan River with the leather belt around. And he preaches a message of convict- conviction and repentance. He's out 20 miles away from civilization. But you also look at the life of Elijah. He was a forerunner uh, uh, for everything that was about to happen. He was a radical. How many of y'all know God's called us to be radicals in this time and day? All right? Maybe I need to get some penny loafers. <clears throat> and so... The spirit of Elijah was upon him, and and they're in the wilderness. They're both forerunners. They're both radicals. If you're taking down notes, the first thing that I want you to see is this. And there's three that I want to give you tonight from John's message. Number one is chase after the Lord. Number one is chase after the Lord. In 2023, let's make it our heart's desire that we're going to chase after the Lord. And so in January, Pastor and I play golf a lot, and we always say this. If you don't par the first one, you're going to have a hard time paring the rest of them. All right? You don't know what a par is. It's a really good score on, on the scorecard, all right? And, and and that's the same thing. I believe this. If you don't chase after the Lord in January, you're going to have a hard time chasing after him in February, March, April, and May. How many of y'all believe that? And so let's make it our heart's desire. And so just looking at the position of where he was, he wasn't inside the city of Jerusalem. He was 20 miles. I read Docu- or, or commentaries on this, but also looked at a map of where he was in the place of where the Jordan was. This is 20 miles outside of civilization, and he is inside of the wilderness. What does a wilderness uh, mean to you? I'll t- tell you this. If you're in the wilderness, that means you're going to have to be a person of faith. If you're in the wilderness, that means you're in a place of d- desperation. If you're in the wilderness, you're in a place of isolation. If you're in a place of the wilderness, that means that's, I believe that's only where the hungry go. I believe that the wilderness is a place where it's people that are fed up with living their mundane lives and doing the same thing over and over. And now they're saying, you know what I'm trying something else I'm going out from my comfortability and I'm going to go and and do something I've never done before can I tell you the word I believe God would give us today on January the 4th 2023 is he would say it's time to get uncomfortable I'm going to say that again it's time for us to get uncomfortable about this be the year where you say, you know what? I've always been too scared to pray for somebody in public. This might be the year where it's time to go to the wilderness and get a little uncomfortable and start praying for people. Amen. Maybe there's some things you haven't done before. Maybe it's giving. You you've always been afraid to give. I'm telling you, you should be afraid not to give. Amen. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Let's say in 2023, let's go after the Lord and let's have some wilderness moments. Are are you willing to fast? Come on, I believe Wednesday nights. These you guys are like the frozen chosen that uh, you guys are going to heaven. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. But I, I, I really want to stretch us this, this year. Let's we're just doing it seven days. I've done twenty one, scared the heck out of y'all. Like we're never doing that again. All right, we did it for ten. But I really believe this. I want to ask you: Are you willing to fast? Are you willing to do without? Are you willing to go to the wilderness and eat locusts and honey? Come on, who's with me? Are you willing to pray? Come on in 2023, are you willing to pray? If if you weren't satisfied with 2022, let's make 2023. Let's chase after the Lord. Are you willing to do without some things? And what I love about the text here is we know this. So he's in the wilderness and he's baptizing. We know we know that he's baptizing in the wilderness because the Bible tells us right here, he went in all the country and around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But uh He was baptized in the Jordan River, and I I begin to really study this out. What is symbolic of him being in the Jordan River? You know, the Jordan is the first place that the Israelites came before they crossed over to the land of Canaan. So think about this. Him being at the Jordan and baptizing people, he's saying, let's get back to where it all started. Let's return to our first love. How about in 2023, let's chase after the Lord and let's revisit some places where we were on fire for the Lord. Let's revisit some places where we had a zeal, that we had the joy of the Lord, that it was our strength. You know, just like the church at Ephesus, he said, you've lost, your systems are great, you're doing great things, but you've lost your first love. And I want to ask some people tonight what what are some play you you can look back maybe in a time in your life where you were excited about the things of God maybe it was at a conference maybe it was just a time in your life where things were great but things were great because you were on fire for God you need to know that amen and so let's revisit some places in 2023 let's chase after the Lord and what I love about this the reason I The first point, chase after the Lord. His position preached more than anything that came out of his mouth. Of him being in this wilderness moment of walking away from everything else. Are y'all getting some out of the word yet? All right, here's number two. Write this down. Get ready for the Lord. So he preached the baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sin. The first thing in this, I see this. He chased after the Lord. Number two, he got ready for the Lord. And we're looking at this text in Isaiah. That you can read in the book in in the book of Isaiah, verses forty through for the King to come. But he says, "Make his path straight; every ravine shall be filled up, and every mountain and hill shall be leveled, and the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough road smooth, and all mankind shall see the salvation of God." I never understood the significance of the prophecy of this until. Uh, last night as I began to study this, I did not know this. But before a king came to a city, now I believe it's also metaphorically talking about John coming, of what he would do, all right? But it also too, in the context, you need to know this. When he's prophesying this, and he's reminding them of this, people knew exactly what he was talking about because when kings got ready to make a journey, they uh, they they didn't go down a journey uncomfortably. Pay attention to me here for a second. Number one, the first thing they would do, if a king was going to a city, they would send a messenger. And a messenger would go into that city and let everybody know, hey, the king is coming. Let's prepare the way of them to be here. The second thing that that the, the king or the, the the nation or the kingdom would send out, they would send a contractor. I found, found this very interesting. So there would be road workers that would go out, and they would build a road for the king. So if there was a valley, they would build a bridge. If there was a mountain, they would make a road. If it was curved, they would make it straight. They would smooth the roads. They would take all the potholes out. Maybe we need to tell uh, the city of Amarillo that the king is coming. Amen? They would take all the potholes out of there because a king would not go down the road if it was uncomfortable. They would clear the the debris. And so, as I was thinking about this, let's get ready for the Lord. Let's get rid of some distractions that we have in our life. Are you hearing me? You know, when I think about valleys, it's something that's low, and they would build a bridge because they knew the king was coming. When I was thinking about a valley, I was thinking about there's people in this room that you have shame, you have guilt, you have condemnation, you have insecurities on your life because of should have, would have, could have, or something you regret, you know, all of the things, right? Because of mistakes and past and what all of that does. And I believe that is a valley. But I believe in 2023, as we get ready for the Lord, let's let's deal with these things and let's build a bridge and get closer to God. Are you hearing me? When I was thinking about the mountains, I was thinking about people that, you know, there's people that uh, um, they have pride in their life. Let Let's confront it. Let let's raise the valley. Uh, let's raise up the valley for a bridge. But the places that are mountain, let's confront pride. Those those that are higher and mighty, you know, miss Bertha better than you. Have you ever met her? She, there's a few of them here in this house, and they're full of pride. They're full of self righteousness. How about us humble ourselves? Humble ourselves. Let's, let's bring it down from the mountain here, and let's, let's deal with some of these things this year. Let's, let's confront the crooked and wayward lifestyle. Now, you don't want me to go down this road. The crooked and wayward lifestyle. You know, there is things, there is things that you're thinking of right now that nobody else knows about. Deal with those things now. In January of 2023, let's make the crooked path straight. Let's get ready for the Lord. Uh, let's confront the mind and heart issues keeping us from receiving. You know, and I was thinking about this, of them taking uh, there would be t- getting rid of the debris and the rocks that were in the road and the potholes and things like that. there's some of y'all in this room that you've been holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness. You've been holding on to an offense that happened years ago, and I'm just saying, let's get those things out of the way because a king is on his way back. Are you hearing me tonight? Let's get some things right with God. Let's get some things uh, uh, settled. Let's get ready for the Lord. So let's chase after the Lord. Number two, let's get ready for the Lord. But I want to read to you now. Let's start in verse 7. So, so he began saying to the crowds who were coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? I thought this was very funny because these guys walked 20 miles to get baptized and he called them brood of vipers. He didn't have a very warm welcome for him, did he? He said, you brood of vipers, who wanted you to flee from the wrath to come? Then verse 8, it says, therefore produce fruit that is worthy of repentance. And do not even begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe, everybody say axe, the axe is swinging toward the root of the tree, so every tree that does not produce good fruit is being cut down and thrown into the fire. The crowds ask him, then what are we to do? And John replied, the man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and he who has food is to do the same. Even some tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked, teacher, what are we to do? And he told them, collect no more than the fixed amount you have been ordered. Some soldiers asked him, and what about us? What are we to do? And he replied to them, do not exhort money from anyone or harass or blackmail anyone and be satisfied with your wages. So the first thing I wrote down was chase after the Lord. Number two, get ready for the Lord. But the third thing is this, show me. He says, prove it to me that you're going to do these things. The first thing that he talks about here, he says, don't assume that you're safe by affiliation. They said, well, my grandpappy's pappy's pappy was Abraham. Can I tell you, that doesn't mean Jack Didley? It don't matter. You say, you know what? Well, I, there's so many people. I had a girl call me today, and she called me pastor. I don't think she's ever came to our church one time in her life except for a funeral. She wanted me to do something for her that she needed me to uh, fill some paperwork out. She called me pastor right away. Well, you're my pastor. And I said, if I'm your pastor, then I need to tell you this. We have church tonight at 630. All right? But even though, even you know, even if you sit in a church doesn't make you a Christian. Sitting inside of a car, in a garage doesn't make you a car. All right? Sitting inside the honky-tonk don't make you a cowboy. Let's go. I never said that one before, but I just, that was the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all know you don't make assumptions about your salvation? That's what he's saying. Don't make assumptions about your salvation. They were saying, we're descendants of Abraham. I don't care if your grandpappy's pappy's pappy was Billy Graham. It doesn't mean that you're saved. Are you hearing me? And then he said, I love it. So don't assume that you're, you're safe by affiliation. But then he says this. Don't assume God won't chop the tree down. How many of y'all know we need to show the world that God loves them? But we also, in love, need to show them that God is still the judge. How many of y'all know he still will cut a tree down? People need to know both. People know, need to know, what the scripture say? Kindness and severity. It's grace. It's truth. Y'all need to know, hell is real. I'm going to say that again. Hell is real. How many of y'all believe tonight? Hell is real. Jesus was not talking metaphorically. Hell is a place where it's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Heaven is a real place. So just don't assume that you're right. And so as he begins to say this, I believe conviction came to those guys as 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 he's talking about that. And so they say, what are we to do? You know, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the word in James. I love the book of James. Where it talks about you being a mirror, the word of God being like a mirror. But he says what? He says faith without works is dead. All right? He's saying faith by itself is it's, it's no good. We're not saved by works, but our faith must produce works or it's not genuine. You believe that? We're not saved by works, but our faith must produce works or it's not a genuine thing. So John is saying, prove that your faith is real by showing the works that are attached in your everyday life. So chase after the Lord, number two. Get ready for the Lord, number three. You're going to have to show me. And what I love is is when they say, what are we to do? He gives three examples. And, God, and, and John doesn't give... Three examples of, you know, of of things that we would think, super spiritual things. He gives three examples of their possessions. How many of y'all know possessions can be a distraction in our life? And the first thing that he says is, he says, I want you to share with others. Share with others. How many of y'all know we need to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ? But also, too, I believe there's some of y'all in here that uh, this year, why don't you Give in to that inkling. That there's been times where you felt an inkling that you're supposed to give somebody something. You haven't been bold enough to do it. I believe that by the Spirit of God. There's somebody in here right now. That there's some there's something that you know you're supposed to do. Let's make 2023 the year that you're bold enough to go through what God has in store for you. The, the next one, he says, don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. But the third thing, I love this one, especially in the time and day we live in. He says, be content. With what we earn. How many of y'all know we live in a system today where everybody wants to cheat it just to get a little bit more? Right? Like when you're in line at Walmart and they have lobster tails on a wick card. Come on, so, come on, let's get real. Let's not cheat the system. And so, uh, let's go on, read what else it has to say. It says, now the people were in the state of expectation. And all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ. So John answered them all by saying, as for me, I baptize you with water. But one who is mightier than I is coming. He's a forerunner. He says, I'm not fit to untie uh, untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and uh, and thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So with many other appeals and various admonitions, John preached the good news to the people. And then in verse 21, it says, now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, the heaven was open." Why should you be baptized? Let me just go ahead and tell you. Because Jesus was baptized, and he is our greatest example. If it was important to Jesus, how many of y'all know it ought to be important to us? So, the, so my whole point with this tonight is this. Number one, let's chase after the Lord. Let's chase after the Lord. There's too many of us, and in life, we're, just, we're comfortable with our walk with Christ. We're comfortable with reading our little verse in the morning and having our scriptures up on the wall and you got this really cool collage of crosses, whoop-de-doo, in your house. If you have that, I'm not saying whoop-de-do because I think it's ugly. I'm just saying it's it's what's in here that matters most, not on some wall. Let's listen 2023. I'm I'm telling you, there's something in my heart that as I rip, begin to read this text, let's go into some wilderness moments. Let's stretch, let's stretch ourselves. Let's come to a place of uncomfortable something that we've never done before that you you've thought to yourself I could never be that person listen you can be anything in Christ you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you don't think yourself as the elites or people you know like well, well pastor you, you pray for people because you're a preacher no God's called you to lay hands if you're a believer he said those who believe can lay hands on the sick and see them recover I believe it with all my heart so let's do that In 2023, let's chase after the Lord. Let's do things we haven't. Let's step out of our comfort zone. Let's get ready for the Lord. How many y'all know there's things in our home that we need to prepare our kids that there is a King that is coming? Come on, if we know that a King is coming, we'll watch what we we'll, we'll we'll be careful at what we watch. We'll be careful at what we listen to. We'll be careful who we align ourselves with because we know a King is coming. And let's put a bridge on the valleys. Let's put a bridge over the places where we've been low and, and haven't dealt with where a year. Let's put a bridge over that. Let's make the crooked path straight. Let's go through the mountain. Let's get ready for the coming of the Lord. And let's show up. Let's show out. Because there is a king coming, and his name is Jesus. Amen? The lion of the tribe of Judah is coming for you and me. So let's not just talk it with our mouths, but let's show others. Let's show our families that in 2023, we're chasing after the Lord and we're getting ready for what God's going to do in our life. Amen? Amen. Who got something out of the word today, tonight? I hope you did. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this time together. I pray, Lord, that uh, we would be that person. God, as we see in his life, a forerunner. God, we just, I, I pray that you would put it on each and every one of our hearts to pr- prepare the way of the Lord. Lord, we know right now, I, I know by the Spirit of God, there's neighbors that we haven't been bold enough to, uh, uh, to declare the truth and righteousness. To speak the truth and love to them. We know that we have co-workers that we haven't been bold enough. Lord, I pray that in 2023 that we get into that wilderness and we, get un- we, we go to those uncomfortable places and we say, God, you lead us and you feed us, you direct us, you guide us. Words to say. God, I just pray for opportunities that would just be busted open, doors to be opened and doors to be shut. Lord, you've given us the keys of, 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 um, uh, to bind and to loose. And so, Lord, I just pray that those keys would be, be done in our life. I pray, Lord, that we would get ready for the get ready for the coming of the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, do a work in each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that you would stretch us. Even tonight as we go home, we choose to listen to that voice on the inside of us and stretch us to what, where you would have us to go and what you would have us to do. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we receive this message from John, and we choose... We choose to do what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our church center app our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.